Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It started with two women. And, well, today it's still two women, but not just any women. It's Laurie and Lynn. Who can turn the world on with a smile? Laurie and Lynn. Giving Northeast Pennsylvania local talk to start your weekend right. Suddenly make it all seem worthwhile. And now, celebrating their 10th year on the air on WILK News Radio. Here's Laurie and Lynn. Love is all, no need to waste it. You can never tell why don't you take it. You're gonna make it after all. Well, good morning, everybody. You're good. listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. We're good back. Morning. Good morning. Yeah, Hello, we're Lynn. Here. We're here, and you had a little vacay. Uh, I did? Well, you did. That Just two weeks ago? Two when you weeks. Were, well, I'm I know. back long. I know And I are. did the show on the vacay, remember? Yes, that's what I was going to say, uh, and you did. But I am going away in two weeks. I know. Three weeks. Mm-hmm. That's so, good. So that'll be a good thing. Mm-hmm. God bless you. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, Of course, that can't happen on a break, right? No. No. (laughs) So um, we were at your beach house, I was going to (laughs) say. Lake condo last weekend watching Penn State. Yeah. Do a great job. Mm. And we had a lot of fun with David and Robert, who I, I don't think, I never, I've never met them. Lynn. You that did. Was the, when? I would tell you exactly where you met them. Oh, my God. At Patrick's 70th birthday party at the, um, uh, what was oh, it? Well, you know Settlers what? Inn. That maybe I did now because I'm sure they and were you, there, but I did not. You made I a comment, which I, we won't talk about, but you did make a comment a about A nice them. comment? No. It had to be. Oh, I would never say anything nasty. <laughs> they were wonderful. I love them. They are great. They're wonderful friends, and they're really good people to have around. I really, they, we had so much fun with them. We did. They're the nicest guys. Mm-hmm. I, it, but you know what happened if I did meet them? I was with that other group of people at another table. I wasn't with them. So that's why I think I was so wrapped up in, in that because I love that one guy, forget his name. Richard? All dressed to the. Richard Murray. Yes. Attorney Richard yeah, Murray. Yeah, I liked him yes. a lot. So that's why if I, re, if, I guess Richard captivated me and I didn't Must remember have. the other dudes. But Must now have. I do and they're great. Yeah, and that's the same table where uh, Tyler was. Yes. Then Jesse came in on the nine o'clock bus. Yep, remember? We, I do. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, we had a, we had two or three tables. I forget how many people were there for his seventieth. And he says to me now, "This is his new thing." This morning, last night, I'm sorry, he was in the bathroom. And he was brushing his teeth, and he must have finished that. Look at himself in the mirror, and he screams out to me from the bathroom. Oh God. Baby, I said, what? Do I look my age? And you said, yes, no. you do. 
You said no, and you had your fingers crossed. No, no, no. Really, he does not. No, he's he seventy-six doesn't. years old. He does not look like he'll like only he's be 65. seventy-seven. Yes, he'll be seventy-seven next month. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll speaking have to make of noise and speaking of birthdays, we have to yes. give a big happy birthday because we weren't. You know, you might know this person. <laughs> um, her name is Lynn Evans, and her birthday is. Sunday the 15th mm-hmm. so we are going to hopefully Johnny plays a little some kind of happy birthday music or Jason during all of this but um, happy birthday Lynn thank you and how old are you uh-huh. oh come on then, if you no. could, happily say I yes, am 68 that's correct do 68. you if you wouldn't say it you will go against everything I know stand I would for. fly in the face of everything yes, I said we love it 68 that's me. You know, say your age and be proud of it. I, yes. And we have speaking, to get into this again. Speaking the, of that, of my age, uh, I realized that last weekend when we were all having a jolly good time at uh, our lake house, it was also the 50th reunion of my yes, class yes. at Central High School. Mm-hmm. I saw it in the on Facebook. Yeah. And so that's you graduated with Gene Cosgrove? I did. Yeah, because he was... <clears throat> he, he well, Gene also it. lived right across the street from me. Where? The Cosgroves lived right across no, the street. No, they didn't. Not that Cosgrove. <clears throat> that was John, Eddie, and Michael, and Lala, and Birdie, and Katie. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're the Cosgrove. They lived there. Yes, oh, that's the right. Next, John Cosgrove John, was yes. across the street. Yes. That's right. John I and forgot. I are the same age, but he defected and went to prep. So okay. Well, yes, but anyway, he and um, I were um, had this title of Mister and Mrs. Mar- Mister and Miss Marshall stolen away from us during our sixth grade class at John Marshall oh, Elementary. Why? Well, we just always say we should have been Mister and Miss Marshall, oh. and we weren't. Okay. So he says we were. It was stolen from us by Hubie Graham and Linda Chuchio. So we oh. we. <laughs> That's what happens. You, you remember know? that? Of course, silliness. I remember. I remember all those things. I have a memory like a steel uh. trap. Okay. Anyway. Alrighty then. But uh, yes, it was our 50th class reunion, and apparently people had lots and lots of fun. Oh, I'm sure. And um, I looked at some of the pictures that um, Tom Price posted on Facebook, and I looked at people and I thought, I, don't, I wouldn't know them. Yeah, that I happens. really would not know As them. As you get older? Yeah, but. Um, I'm sure they had a great time. So um, in some ways, I was feeling somewhat sad that I wasn't there. But really what I'd love to do is just be a little fly on the wall at at, at those things and just look at people and see them. But that's not possible. So Tom then said in the post that he did on Facebook, he hopes that we can all get together in two years when we celebrate our 70th birthdays. Yes, because a lot of people do things yearly or every other year as you get older Mm because it just sort of, you know, it sort of happens that way. He did list um, all of our deceased classmates. Yeah. And that keeps getting bigger. Yeah, I know. You know, with time. But... Besides that, it was it was really a nice thing, and I, I'm glad everybody who did go had a great time, and so much so that they're looking forward to getting get getting together again. I think that's really nice. Mm-hmm. And mine's coming up in a couple short weeks. Yeah, my fortieth. 
high school reunion, yeah. which will Where? be a class of 1979 from the greatest school, West Cranton oh, High School. Yeah, yeah. And we are having it at the Tiki Bar, the Waldorf social club mm-hmm. isn't that what it's called mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that's where ours is so i don't know how many of us will be joining the party are you going of course i've gone to every single one. Oh, all right now one i couldn't stay for so i just kind of made a brief appearance and left but i've been at every one fifth 10th 15th 20 25 30 35 and now 40 okay <laughs> how many people were in your class do you remember i don't know four something i think yeah that's the same with us, 480-something. I don't know. Maybe it was somewhere around there. Yeah. But we, we we always get a good turnout, and it's always nice. I mean, I see a lot of these people thanks thanks to Facebook. You kind of mm-hmm. keep in touch with, with people or yeah. hear about things, or and that's kind of nice. I was looking yesterday when I was at home. I was looking for things so that I could go and get my real ID oh, at the... <laughs> we all have to have Well, that. I have to get my my picture and my other things from my driver's license. So I thought, well, if I can find those things, I will do it all at the same time. So I went into my file box and I started looking for things. And I found pictures and stories and articles from newspapers that I had kept from 30 and 40 years ago. And (laughs) it was really weird just to go down memory lane because I remembered one in particular was, I don't know that you remember, you probably do, Noonbeams and Nightcaps. Yes. Yes. And uh, what was the one? She's my idol, Jean Brislin. Jean Brislin. Mm -hmm. When Patrick left Scranton, um, to go to New York to accept the position that he did at Standard & Poor's. There was a party that we had. And I forget where it was. It said something in the article. But it was um, funny to read the story that she wrote because she knew them and knew Patrick and his then-wife, Pat, Patty. Mm-hmm. So in that era when you wrote stories about something that was going on you always had to describe the, what the women yes <laughs> yes mm-hmm. <laughs> so i, I was, love that i loved reading i of course was there and the the guy that i was dating at the time and so it, she said and lynn evans was there with a um what she call it like a, a tan pantsuit and a, a something else covering uh, uh I, it was just ridiculous i'm looking at it so it's probably something i got from i don't know where you know the globe store for some yes, silly well thing. that'd be a it good was thing. nothing even to be talking about but then she referred to patricia and patrick as the dynamic couple oh, God. and said that you know we wish them all the best as they go to new york in his new career and then it listed all the other people that used to be with us at Mutual of New York and and he how she described how such so and so Bob Corcoran who was the regional manager of the Boston office was flown in for this event I think it just, but see, that's what I love about it. Looking back, I think we should still do that. I love well, it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Terry Bonifani tried she, to do that. She, she did. She, and she did something. This woman, uh, was her name Bolas? Yeah, Cat does, but they don't yeah. describe things like they no. did then. It's kind and of And they used fun. to do that with the weddings. Remember the dresses? Yes. They went into and describe great the whole, detail. Yes. Mm-hmm. And who cared? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, but it's. Oh, my I gosh. know mine said that. My, did it? my 
bride, my dress was described uh, in my, when I got married all those thousands of years ago. But it, it's, yeah, it, but it's neat. Yeah, you're right. Who does care what it is? But well, but the good news is I found my original birth certificate, and I also found my original Social Security card. Well, isn't that and great? That's great because that's what you need. The originals? Go. Yes. How does anyone have an original social security card? I, I don't know. I just My I've boys do, it. but I don't know if I do. Maybe I do. Who the hell knows? Well, you can either have that or a passport. Well, I don't if you have, have a passport, either. I do know. Do you I... think I have a pat? Think no, about it. No, you don't go anywhere. I mean, really, think about it. I have a passport, too, and that's what bothers me. I can't find it. Yeah, well, I don't want uh, it. You can have it. But anyway, so I was digging through all that stuff yesterday. I should get one anyway, though, really. Just yes, to you have, should. Because you never know. I might be going on several um, trips abroad. Um, yeah, like where? Well, why? No, I'm teasing. I really don't have any desire. I do. Deep Three places I'd like to go. Where? Uh, Italy, Paris, and Ireland. Paris and Ireland for just because Paris, I'm French, half French. And Ireland because, of course, I'm, well, I'm three quarters Irish and a quarter French. And then, and so I would like that. But Italy just because I love all the Italian stuff and everybody talks about it and the I food know. and the everything there. I would just love to. It's I, so I beautiful. Would I would so, love to go. And I don't know which order I would go, but those are the three. Uh, but, and, but I don't really care if I was in Spain and I loved it. And Portugal. It's the only place long, long time ago that I've gone in, in a, um, to Europe. It was those. It was Spain and Portugal. That's it. Well, I think what we need to do is uh, throw it out to some really exciting travel agency. Oh, we already talked who about Who would like no, to I don't sponsor to. us to go on a trip. No, I have no, no, no interest. I told okay. you, not going. You can go right, on fine. the Lynn show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no. Mm -mm. Uh -huh. sure. You know I'm not a good flyer. So, but oh, um, I forgot. Well, then why would you want to go to these places? I still want to go to them. It doesn't mean I don't. I'm going to. It's oh, something okay. that's on my, you know, list of where I'd like to see. Uh -huh. I look at it this way. There's much to see. What I really want to do now more than anything is fly across the country to California and drive down. Drive the, back. No, no, no. Drive down the coast yeah. of California and then drive back. That's what I would like to drive, do. Drive or do you want to go into an RV? Well, that I would always love, but I would drive too. I don't care okay. if we had to stay somewhere. I, That's a trip. You know, that's a long time. I got to take a long time off. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Okay. Anyway, um, but thank you for hosting us at your... Um, home well, we should we talk fun. about your fabulous salad too well of course i don't know why that always it's just crisp there's something about good. it isn't it i, I yes. don't know but we'll talk about it later but we're going to take a quick break you're listening this morning to laurie and lynn show and we will be right back it's saturday morning with laurie and lynn now back to laurie and lynn Good morning. Good morning. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of a business called Power... Oh, no. <laughs> Cut that. <clears throat> My name is Lynn Evans. <laughs> I am managing director of a 
company called Women of Substance, LLC, which is a financial planning firm designed specifically for the needs of baby boomer women. I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, and that's available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. It's raining out, just so you know. It's raining. Okay. Well, we were talking before about traveling, and I was interested in this uh, article that was written by a woman. I think I've quoted her before. She has a website she calls Baby Boomster, and her name is Linda Olszewski, and she's been doing this for years and years. And this is some of the stuff that she mentioned about Uh, travel tips for baby boomers to make your next trip more enjoyable not that there's anything we need to do that much differently but there's some things that we can do to make it more pleasurable especially if we're going for an extended trip over three to four days or more so what they're suggesting is that um, alternate alternative lodging is your friend I, have you ever used to be Airbnb? No. I did, twice now. Mm-hmm. And I really am impressed by it. And for some reason, the woman that I stayed with when I went to New Jersey, rather than go to a hotel, um, she's been on my mind a lot. I'm not sure why, but I really had a chance to talk to her. And it was just nice to know who she was, why she was doing this. She was from Romania. She came to this country um, maybe 20-some years ago. She has children here. Her husband passed. And so this is one way for her to be able to generate some income. So there's such a thing as Airbnb. There's also VR uh, by owner. Yeah, VRBO. Yeah. And a lot of others that are popping up everywhere. But the the design of that is that you actually live in somebody's home. And they have them set up so that you can have different ways of accessing the house with keys and locks and all kinds of things. You have your own private room. And usually you can have your own private bath. That's not always the case, but at least there's that kind of a comfort to it that that's something you can do and that's a big savings when you look at that versus having room service and all the other stuff at a hotel so starting by doing that it's they're saying that an airbnb is often cheaper per night and many offer the comforts of home like the ability to cook your own meals Uh some of them have access to kitchens the other issue is fighting the germs With an increasing number of people traveling these days, there are more germs you can come in contact with on your travels. Airlines are squeezing people into notoriously close quarters, so germs spread easily. Handrails, bathrooms, and tray tables are touched by many, not to mention buffet areas and just about anything near heavily populated tourist locations once you get to your destination. 
As you get older, it's harder to fight off disease, so it's important to avoid germs while you're traveling. And I ha- I can vouch for that because I think I told you that in April, I, I believe it was, March or April, when I went to Orlando for the podcast yeah, when convention. Yeah, you got sick that time. Got yeah, sick and your sister, sec- too. Yeah, well, she got it from me then. Yeah. But, um, it, she said to me it was something that's a, a norovirus that is a very common thing when you groups of people that large. There were over a thousand people at uh-huh. this podcast convention. And it's just something that thrives because you touch so many things. When you've got these exhibition halls with all these different people who want you to try this and try that, and then they're giving you food. And it's just so it's it's true. I, I never had that happen before. But their advice is wash your hands often. Or stay home. <laughs> you, yes. Use handrails to prevent falling, but protect your hands if you can when using them. Put hand sanitizer, liquid, or wipes in your pocket or purse. Opt out of eating at the buffet line. And yep. stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. And then there's another question about how do you accumulate all this junk you got for all of the pictures you take when you're on your next trip and they make the suggestion that when you actually take the pictures you go back and look at them the ones that you really liked you want to put that little favorite thing on them when they're on facebook or wherever yeah and that way they'll all be in one place and those are the ones that you really like and if you want to delete the rest of them you can and then mix in some relaxation days This, I think, is really good advice. It's easy to feel pressured to make every day count on your next trip, but don't let it exhaust you by trying to do too much all at once. That can be hard on your body and increase your chances of getting sick, which can really spoil your vacation. If you have bad knees and you spend too much time on your feet during the beginning of your vacation, you may be in too much pain to enjoy the rest of it. Instead, add some relaxation days to your itinerary. They will be just as fun and will give you more energy. Spend one day walking and exploring and the next reading by the beach to give yourself a break. Love it. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. I never think about that because I was thinking about the trip that we took with Patrick when we went to that river cruise. And it was scheduled so that every day you stopped some, at some port and you were supposed to go hiking to this place or a bus trip to that place. And I just realized that, man, by the end of the day, when you got back, I was exhausted. That's why people need a vacation from they their do. vacations. Unless you go to the beach, in which case you right. usually do more relaxing there because yeah. you sit on the beach. You just It's just much more slow pace. Yeah. A slower pace. Yeah, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And then they said, remind people, if you have a chronic health issue, make sure you bring extra medication and make a note of where the nearest medical facility is. Did I tell you <laughs> about the time that we went to a B&B place at uh, Rehoboth Beach? And it was my gang of friends from Cedar Crest College, one of whom is a nephrologist. So we had been out walking and doing things during the course of the day, and we got back at about 9 o'clock. She could see that her knee was just swollen like crazy, couldn't really stand on it or walk on it. And I said, well, physician, heal thyself. And she said, I know, but I just am not sure if this is a bee bite or something that's swelling or if it actually is the 
meniscus and all the others she started mm-hmm. using, throwing the terms out. I said, well, okay. She said, I'm just going to put some hot compresses on it, see if I can get it to go down. Well, at 11 o'clock at night, she said, I think I better get to an emergency room. Oh, so guess who drove her? You. <laughs> and yes. what was it? It it was just, uh, just that she had bruised her knee. But we didn't know this till 3 o'clock in the morning. And when we went out... It was 11 o'clock at night, and it was absolutely pouring. Couldn't and see And did you anything. know where the facility? Well, we just knew that there were signs that were saying oh, this, okay. this. We get to the place, the first place, and they said, I'm sorry, but we, we don't have an emergency room. Oh, jeez. So oh, God. it was a half an hour drive from wow. that point to where we had where to go. Where were you? Rehoboth Beach. Oh, Rehoboth, okay. Yeah. So... That was a gruesome night, but she kept saying, go home. I said, what am I going to do, leave you here? Yeah, yeah. I don't think See so. <laughs> I don't think so. so. Where is she in, nef- where does she practice nephrology? In Harrisburg. She's okay. retired now, but oh, she okay. had a, a practice in Harrisburg. So uh, it was it was funny when I think about that. Yeah, that was one of the first things you got to do is find out where's the nearest emergency room. That's true for anybody, not I even know. baby boomers. Anybody should be. But a lot of people say, oh, what's the difference? I'm never going to get What are the sick. people called before baby boomers? Because um, you know the we greatest know generation. For real? Yeah, that was the ones who World War II vets. <sighs> That's what they called them. Well, how old is Pat? Is that a, is he a greatest generation? Yeah. Okay, because he he's 77, uh, and I know the yes. oldest baby boomer is 73. It's 46, 74. Yeah. So he was born in 42. Okay. So he so was a couple years out. Okay. All right. So last thing is be mindful of airport security. Many destinations are perfect for drone photography. So if you want to bring your drone, <laughs> pack it in your suitcase, you got to find out. Some airlines don't allow certain types of drones batteries and that's the issue you can bring any medical equipment you need but some may cause issues at airport security so if you have a pacemaker or defibrillator make sure to let the tsa know agent know so you don't have to go through the metal detector insulin and syringes for diabetes are allowed through security but always present them before they go through x-ray even though medications aren't required to be in their original bottle, it can sometimes slow down the screening process mm-hmm. if they aren't. Yeah. So that's about it. Just a couple. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. The people should be aware of that fact. But I don't think you really think about all. Well, I do. But I don't think most people think about all those germs. They don't. Just that and the other. And they don't. Touching this and touching that. When you, uh, yeah, my sister's just absolutely paranoid about it is she anywhere in general anywhere the minute she walks into a room a a motel room she has the clorox wipes oh she and she does everything (laughs) i don't i'm not that bad oh yes well i like that that's good that's okay with me but apparently it didn't work it didn't work last time well that's because she got it from you if she did i know you know you two were i will never live sisters so it's not like you weren't connected no we use we share the same bathroom so well, true there we go mm. you know you didn't share the same toothbrush I know we did okay. not All no right. good and she actually ate not with me because I was uh, part of my tuition thing was, was to get to meals mm-hmm. okay. and they were actually served meals this was not a buffet you actually sat down at a table and they served them mm-hmm. so that's what makes me so surprised that I got that unless it was something that just like I said from the exhibit halls 
and things that everybody touches. And you just don't even think about it. Even the back of a chair, which move a chair, whatever it is, you got germs everywhere. Really? But you can't get that freaky, right? Because you need the no. To build because an immunity. I wanted. Yeah, I'm not going to make it to the point where I won't go anywhere anymore. I well, just think I'll just be I more doubt sensitive. I that would happen. Yeah, just pay I doubt attention. It, too. it always is good to keep those hand wipes or sanitizers, especially now as we're coming on the cooler weather, right? To um, yeah. to have those. Yeah, the flu germs and everything else come up. Yeah, it's always good. Mm -hmm. Um, So any plans for the weekend? Um, I don't know. I think um, because it's my birthday weekend, I'm not so sure uh, what's going on. I was supposed to go to Philadelphia to do something with my sister, but I haven't heard anything back from her. So I don't know. We'll probably just go to the lake and hang, hang out, which would be nice. Okay. Are the boys going? Mm, uh, no, I think they're going to a car show this weekend. Okay. Yeah. So they won't be around. Well, we'll see. If we're in town, maybe we will take a cruise. Okay. We're, we're considering going to see Sean on Sunday, mm-hmm. and to, and um, we're going. As you're listening, we'll be on our way to um, Lancaster for the day. Well, that's nice. Yeah. So that's the plan. Good. So we'll see how it goes, but we will let you know. So happy, 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 happy birthday. Thank you. To our lovely Miss Lynn. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lynn. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Well, we have uh, the lovely Barbara J. O'Hara, attorney, in the house waiting in the wings, in the green room, to come (laughs) on. (laughs) <laughs> on air with us so we'll get get barb in here and you're listening to laurie and lynn show and we will be right back it's saturday morning with laurie and lynn now back to laurie and lynn hi hi back. Back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC, which is a financial planning firm designed specifically for the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. And that's available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business and with us is the lovely attorney barbara j o'hara who is a partner with the law firm of nichols hughes no and, uh, hughes nichols and o'hara thank you barb no <laughs> they um, will not is, like and that i know that i know it like i know my own name <laughs> shut up lynn lynn's throat because she messes up barb, up. And barb, am i 90 on the money uh, yes you are dear god this, anyway this. she's at 1421 east drinker street Ooh, barb has right. been practicing family law for about 38, 38 years, years? Oh, and so she, we love her. She's here as our guest expert, as usual. And Barb, what are we talking about today? We're talking about hiding assets in divorce. Which, and I, this was a topic suggested by, by Lynn um, because we both see it. Okay, and Lynn, yeah. I have to tell you, Barb, I just recently somebody said that and they said, I think they're high. It wasn't me. I mean, it wasn't to me. It was about someone else who said, oh, yeah, well, they think their husband's hiding. Uh, well, money. quite honestly... I hear that in many, many, many of my cases. And can it be done? um, Yeah. It it can be done, but it's perpetrating a fraud on the court. So I always discourage people to do it because, okay, here's how it comes up. Either 
y your client may say to you, well, I have this account, but she doesn't know about that account. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If you're found to be perpetrating a fraud, then you've lost all credibility with the court and they, they look at you as a liar. So number one, you shouldn't do it. Secondly, somewhere in the documents, either it, whether it's answers to interrogatories or requests for production of documents, you've signed an affidavit saying everything you, you provide is true and correct. Uh -huh. Or if you didn't do discovery, then you signed a marital dissolution agreement that says, I've made it a disclosure of all my assets. So what happens when you don't disclose an asset? Okay, well, lots of times people will come back and say, oh, they didn't disclose this. Will you go in on a petition? to divide up the asset that's not disclosed, and you see counsel fees. So quite honestly, it's not a good idea to do it. The second way people will say to me, well, what, what about if I transfer my house to my brother for a dollar, or I'll sell my car to my sister for $500? Well, that's not the value of that asset. And the court can go back and a divorce master can go back and say, well, wait a minute, you sold your $50,000 car for, for $500 to your, to your sibling. <laughs> yeah. Well, that doesn't fool anyone. And you have to presume that people are, are, are smart, okay? Not, people presume that other people are stupid, and that's wrong, okay? It's just absolutely wrong on many levels. So you look at this and say, no one's going to believe that that was the bona fide value uh, and that this was a purchase, purchaser for bona fide value. And you look at this and say, okay, fine. If you sold that $50,000 car that didn't have a car loan on it to your sibling for a nominal consideration, they're all going to book this as you, that goes into your column as being a $50,000 vehicle. So you've, you've fooled no one. So I tell people not to do it. The next huge problem you have are cash. Mm -hmm. And lots, you know what, you're now litigating against the person that knows, knows that you kept $20,000 in the, in the garage or under the mm -hmm. bed or in a safe or whatever. So now you have the problem of what do you do about this cash? I've had people come in, and it's illegal to do, but it, it, it says on copy machines, you cannot copy legal tender. Well... I've had people that copied the money to say, here was the money in our safe, or uh, took a picture of, you know, stacks of, of $100 bills in $1,000 stacks. And yes, it's nice to document all these things. I've never seen anyone get in trouble for documenting that. And also, if you took half of the cash, nobody can, first off, your spouse will, will say it doesn't exist. Well, better to take half of something that, quote, doesn't exist than never to take anything at all. Okay. Now, I realize you might be putting yourself in physical danger if you do that. And if that's the case of putting yourself in physical danger, no amount of money is worth getting killed over. So, you know, do what you can to document it. Some, I've, I've seen a handful of cases where the parties themselves keep a written note of what they have in the envelope or, or the mattress money or what they have in the safe. And I've introduced that into evidence. And that's pretty credible. And people will look at that and say, okay, well, you had 11000 in and then you took out money for $1,000 for this vacation and now you have 10000 And you're keeping a running tally. Uh, because when she goes back there, the money's all gone. Yeah. But she does have the sheet. 
showing that it was there. Mm -hmm. And I found that courts found that pretty credible. I've been successful with that. I had one case years and years ago where they buried a large amount of money in cinder block in the in the garage. And my client went into the garage, undid the cinder block, I don't know how, and oh. saw that it was there and then reblocked the wall. And I thought, <laughs> why go through that if you're not going to take half of it? And she said, yeah. oh, no, 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 no. He'd be mad if I took half of it. And I thought, well, in the divorce, he'll say it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So if you took half of it, how can he say that it, you know, exactly. half, of, half of the non-existent money is now in your possession? But once again, it's not worth getting killed over it. So um, the next problem in, in, in cash is always the support case with, with the um, spouse that has a cash income or has a large cash income. You know, maybe they get some checks, but largely a lot of it's cash. And what's always challenging with them is how do you prove what the person does actually make? You know, if you're living a lifestyle of $150,000, when he shows the IRS he makes $28,000, first off, not credible, but you probably did sign that joint tax return. So in support, they're going to look at you and say, you signed the joint tax return, Mm -hmm. that it was only $28,000. How are you trying to prove that it's $150,000? Okay, so tackling that, what I've done in some cases is you do a forensic uh, accounting of it. Okay, what did you spend? Well, you had a $1,500 a month mortgage. You paid all these utility bills. You you did all of this, and you went on $5,000 vacations. Obviously not on $28,000. And you go back and reconstruct what, what did yeah. you spend. And sometimes yeah. there's even bank records to substantiate that. Mm-hmm. I have one case right now where... I found the bank records, and and that's real money then. You put it into a bank account. But a lot of people with cash incomes do not put it into a bank account. So that's where you have to go back and say, this is what, you know, I can see expenditures of 120000 because we spent 10000 a month. You're not paying taxes on that. Once again, it's perpetrating a fraud. But if you're looking to get support money, you need to... to convince the support people that's actually what you were living on. And Barbara, when you get situations like that where you discover doing something forensically and you know that the tax return shows $28,000, let us say it shows fifty, but you know that they've been spending $120,000, mm-hmm. are you legally obligated to tell somebody about that for the IRS for the taxes that were not paid on money that they earned? I don't think I'm a mandatory reporter, but okay. I am careful about what kind of records you make. Yeah. Because quite honestly, if you look at this and say, well, did you know, would you qualify as an innocent spouse? And in my 38 years of practice, I've had a couple clients qualify and I have a lot of people that say, well, I knew about that. Well, that's, <laughs> a, that's a problem. Yeah. Because if you, if you knew about the cash income and signed a joint tax return, it, it's assessed against both of you that mm-hmm. that you had that income, but realistically speaking, once you have, you know, either bank records or forensic records, those cases usually settle before you make a record. Okay. What about Barbara? And you might have a, a client sp- that says, "I knew there was some, but I didn't know the extent of it." 
what about the person who hides the cash unbeknownst, completely hides it. They have no clue that the other spouse has this money and it's cash money. And he tells you, I have $100,000 in cash that nobody knows about. Typically, a client doesn't tell you that. Yeah, I was going to say, are they've been hiding it, they're not not going to tell me either. But if they do tell you, is it it really something you need to tell them to disclose or it's just personal? Yeah, I mean, ethically and according to the... So they're not going to say it. Yes, he has he or she would have to disclose that and, and i can't have the person signing a document that says yes i've disclosed everything if when, they did when, when i know, know they, they didn't but they don't tell their attorney i that. would assume okay no, no so because if you've hidden it from your spouse and there's a long history of secrecy you're not going to come tell in and tell your attorney guess, okay yeah you know because do you think that happens that's a, a whole lot? pattern of secrecy it might. I think it does. Uh, quite honestly, everyone tells me, well, they're making X number of dollars. I don't know where all the money went. Mm-hmm. Well, quite honestly, a lot of times it went towards living expenses. Right. And people mm-hmm. living beyond their means. Right. So you look at this and say, it doesn't always mean that your spouse is living, is stashing. Is stashing. Right. But that'll happen mm-hmm. about 50% of my cases. Somebody will make the allegation that the other spouse, quote, must be hiding it well no they're not and i i find in couples there's bookkeeper spouses and there's the non-bookkeeper spouse and it's usually the non-bookkeeper spouse that says i don't know where all our money goes well then you start looking at their high high living expenses and you're thinking i know where your money goes yes and it goes out it, it goes out for living expenses and you know, you're eating out, taking nice vacations and buying expensive cars, and you have a high standard of living, and perhaps, you know, you're just living, you know, although it might be high, you're living paycheck to paycheck, and nobody's stashing anything away, whether or not it's, it's cash or not. And that I find more often than not, that people just don't realize the high cost of living, especially when they're not the, the party paying the bills. Yeah. And that works for both sides because I'll, I'll have that complaint from, um, you know, men that'll say, oh, I give my, my paycheck to my wife and I don't know what she does with it. <laughs> well, you know what? She, she's spending on, on the mortgage and the utilities and raising your three kids. And you look at what their, their budget is and say, well, here's where the money goes. But yeah. I've had some cases where it, it will be, uh, I'll just give you this much a month whether we have kids, don't have kids, and you're supposed to live on that. And a, a lot of women feeling desperate will take out credit cards and incur mm-hmm. all this credit card debt in their own name just to sustain the family. And then when it comes to splitting up marital assets and liabilities, then the other spouse will say, oh, no, I didn't know about these credit cards. Well, because of the dysfunctional relationship, you didn't know about these credit cards. Yeah. Okay. So the next next month is on how to preserve assets in your divorce. Okay. Right. So, so tell everybody too, Barbara, how they can get in touch with you. I, I'm at 1421 East Drinker Street in Dunmore. My phone number is 570-344-7171. I practice in Lackawanna, Luzerne, Wayne, Wyoming, Susquehanna, and now Pike. Oh, baby. Okay. There you go. We'll call Barb if you need her. And um, 
Barbara, thank you as always. Thank you. You're always a very informative guest. We learn lots from our Barbara. Thank so, you. Uh, everybody, have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Be safe and please be nice. Bye. Bye. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Have a happy birthday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.